it says, as Jesus was walking along, he saw a man named Matthew sitting at his tax collector's booth. FYI, tax day's tomorrow, just in case you don't know. It says, follow me, Jesus said, be my disciple. And so Matthew got up and he followed him. Later, Matthew invited Jesus and his disciples to his home as dinner guests, along with many tax collectors and other disreputable sinners. And when the Pharisees, who were the church leaders at that time, saw this, they asked the disciples, why does your teacher eat with such scum? Why don't you tell us how you really feel? And when Jesus heard this, he said, the healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. And then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. For I have come to call not those who think they are righteous, but those who know, those who know they are sinners. Um, Quick poll. How many of you in the room know you are sinners? Uh, Read. I'm trying to offend them early and often. If if you're if you're not raising your hand right now, you're a liar. <laughs> so here's what I want you to do: turn to your neighbor, turn to your neighbor, pick one, turn to them, and repeat after me. It's no fun if you don't play. It's an all skate. Turn to your neighbor and say, "Hey, sinner, I'm glad you're here." Now turn to your second choice, your second pick, because they feel left out now. Say, hey, sinner, I'm glad you're here. Some of you guys are liking that too much. Say hello to like two, three, four people and and greet one another before you take a seat. Just say hello. Take a few seconds and say hello, all right? All right, as you are taking a, a seat today, uh, I am glad that you are here. Uh, to me, it's always exciting. Easter, it's, it's crazy, it's busy, it's fun. Uh, we had a great time at the Easter egg hunt yesterday, if you guys were there. I want to say thank you to all of our leadership and, and volunteer leaders who are serving today. By the way, if you, let's just give a round of applause for everybody that's serving and, and doing just an amazing job this weekend and stepping up. It, it's a lot. It doesn't, it doesn't happen uh, uh, by itself. And we have so many amazing leaders here that are phenomenal, that love Jesus. And we just, we tell people we want to love Los Alamos. Uh, no strings attached. And watch God move in us and through us in, in that manner. And so we just, well, that's our mission. That's our motto. We want to take next steps of faith and, and love on our city. Um, one of the questions I wanted to ask today that was prompted was, why are you here? Like, we are here, but why, why are we here today? And I don't know, some of you guys, uh, there's a whole different, uh, for, for each of us, it may be something different, it may be a, a mix of things that are, that are going on in our lives. Some of you guys, you might be on fire for Jesus right now, and we're here to celebrate Jesus and the resurrection, and we're excited that Jesus is alive. So I, I like this, this uh, Rubik's Cube, it's all done perfectly, and we're like, yeah, that's great. And some of us, we may be there today, but we, we also might be just um, a little bit tired. Anybody tired in the house today? Maybe we're a little bit stressed and overwhelmed today. Some of you guys, you might be like 
you're like, you're still wondering why you're even here today. Like someone invited you to lunch and then you realize they tricked you and they took you to church too <laughs> with them. They caught you in that allergy fog that's been happening and you're kind of like, what? yeah, I'll just do anything. And here you are, here you are. But some of us like, I, I, I kind of feel like I might be like a, more like a Rubik's Cube where I don't know up from down, like it was solved just a few seconds ago and now I'm like, I'm upside down, and who, who knows? I wish um, I was smart enough. I wish almost that I had somebody who could, like, just go and look at this and put it all back together. And I don't know, um, because for me, I kind of struggle with that. So I, I think maybe uh, Mr. Tyler, can we give Tyler a round of applause here? Um, Tyler, do you think you can help me with my dilemma? All right, Tyler, how old are you? 13, all right. Uh, Tyler, um, let's, see if, let's see what you got. Can you, can you help me out here? As I, try, I, I saw, or I talked with uh, Tyler last week, and I saw this guy do something that blew me away. Now, we can all spin these things, and uh, he said he's been working with the Rubik's Cube for, I think you said since you were five, something like that. He's not even looking, all right? Come on now, let's go, let's go. It's almost there. I don't know if anyone did a timer or not, but we're, we're, uh, it's looking way better than anything that I could ever do. Anybody want to cheer him on here? He's almost, hey, come on, Tyler. <laughs> He's doing good. It's sitting so close. Come on, come on, come on. Oh, oh, it's so close. He's checking. He's checking. Yeah. yeah. Way to go, man. Way to go. Um, thank you, Tyler. You can go ahead and have a seat. I appreciate you doing that. I, I saw him do that last week, and it blew me away. And for, for me... I, I, I wanted to bring that up, not just because I wanted to, to showcase Tyler and teenagers. I love teenagers and, and what they can do. But I, I, that represents so much of our heart here as a church and, and as a pastor and, and Freedom Church and what we try to do. Because all of us, no one in here is perfect. We, you know, we know that we're, we're sinners and, and life is chaotic. We're tired. We're overwhelmed. Some of us are just depleted right now. And, and yet here we are. We are here today. And we can feel so jumbled up and the goal or whatever it is that we're searching for seems so far off, it can be easy to just kind of throw our hands in the air and say whatever or walk away or just give up. But how did Tyler solve that thing? Just one turn at a time. And even in the middle of it, we could still look at it and say, well, it's still a jumbled mess. But at one turn at a time, one click, one step, that's what we say here, it was slowly getting him in the direction where he needed to go. So wherever you're at today, why you came, if you're feeling stuck, if you need some encouragement, or you're on fire for Jesus, wherever you're at today, all I want as, as a pastor, all I want as a as a as a follower of Jesus, all I want as a citizen in Los Alamos is for you and I to just take one step today, one step of faith, 
and, and just kind of see where does that lead us. And it may not change the world. It may not solve the cube, but I believe that God's going to speak to you today and it's going to move you in the right direction. Now, I'm going to put my cards on the table here today. All right, I'm just going to kind of, kind of lay it out there. I'm going to talk about Jesus. I'm going to preach Jesus. But also, I, I want you to come back next week. I, wa- I, I want to do this thing together. This, this, this journey called life, and I think we're here for something a little bit more. Like, you might be in here and your walls are up already. You just say, I just said, hey, I want you to come back next week, and you're like, walls up. Walls are up, you're not penetrating this. And I get it, because if I were in your shoes, if I had walked your, in your shoes and followed along in your steps, my walls would be up too. Like, no way, Pastor. I've been in too many churches, all right? I'm still skeptical of this Jesus God thing, and I, and I, and I, I totally get that. But I want to show you today through this story of Matthew who Jesus is. Um, I had Jonathan and Laura come and lead and, and read about the resurrection, and I'm so glad that you guys did. But part of that was because God kind of led me in a different direction today to talk about Matthew, to show who Jesus is and why he came. And I want to show you a little bit about Freedom Church and who we are and what we do and what we're about so I can say, this is what we're about, and I want to journey through that with you. I want to, I don't, I want to do this together more than, more than one week. I want you to come back next week. But also, I'm like, you're supposed to talk about the resurrection on, on Easter Sunday. Like, I'm going to go a little bit of a non-traditional route, which if you know me, that kind of goes with my MO. All right, so we're going we're gonna to hang out in Matthew. If you're looking for the, the resurrection story, Jonathan and Laura got you covered, um, and, and you can obviously go, go read that. But we're going to hang out with Matthew. Because Jesus said to Matthew, follow me. That that meant a journey. That meant more than just that Jesus was walking along. As Jesus was walking along, as it says, he said, follow me. So it wasn't just a passing, hey, Jesus, salute, man. You got it. Keep going, man. No, he was like, let's journey together. And it said that Matthew got up and they journeyed together. That's what, to me, I'm like, I'm trying to journey and follow Jesus, and I want to do that together with you. And so I I want to to showcase a little bit about who Jesus is. Why did he even come? Why does this resurrection thing even matter? Because we'll talk about that for sure, but then you'll understand what are we trying to do as Freedom Church? Who are we about? And why are we trying to do the things that we're trying to do? So, with your walls up, in a sense, and in mind, let's, let's dive into this. Because I want to talk about Matthew. As I said, that's what God led me to do. Well, to understand Matthew, you've got to understand the fact that they, they named what he did. He was a tax collector. Means nothing to us. We know the IRS, but IRS, okay, you can think whatever you want. But they weren't as hated as, as tax collectors were in the first century in the, in the Jewish culture. All right, A tax collector was a traitor to their nation. That's how they were seen. They were Jews, but they sold themselves out to Rome, who, who, was, who had conquered the territory. And so now the tax collector turned traitor on their own country and collected taxes from Jews and gave it to, to Rome. Now, not only did they do that, but they were considered greedy and thieves because they collected the taxes, but the more 
taxes you collected, you got to Rome, you got to also put some in your own bank account. So here you got these rich, greedy traitors as tax collectors. They are hated. I mean, if you had levels of sin that, that and not that we would ever do this here, but you know, you, you had, you had uh, tax collectors and then like right below that was murderers, you know, and then for us, we can think about like right below that would be Dallas Cowboy fans. All right. I'm sorry. I had, I had to do that. Okay. He was in the middle of his sin, robbing people. And Jesus says, you're the one I'm looking for. You're the one I want. Can you, can you see how backwards this would have been? And, and certainly they recognize this. And this is who Jesus is. And this is what I want to point out. If you're taking notes, first thing is Jesus is not afraid of the mess. He's not afraid of the mess. He's not afraid of your mess. And obviously the religious leaders of that time, they knew what was going on. And they said, why does your teacher eat with such scum? They knew something was backwards here. And Jesus is about to teach them a lesson. One of them was that he wasn't afraid of the mess. He wasn't afraid of the junk. I like the fact that he sat at a table and had a meal with them. At Freedom Church, one of our values is we honor the table. Like, I want to honor your table. If you were to journey with us at a, as a church, one of our goals is to honor the table. What does that mean? I'm not going to load up your schedule with church activities and church stuff, or we are not going to do that. I think one of the best ways to build relationships, one of the best ways to, to journey together is sitting at a table with somebody, sitting for a meal for lunch, sitting at, at Starbucks for coffee, eye to eye. And we can have different political views, polar opposite views. But when I sit face to face, man, we can learn how to, to love one another and care for one another. I see you. And here's Jesus. He's not doing fast food. He's not grabbing a meal and be like, ah, I don't know if I should hang with these guys. He is at their home having a meal. He's not afraid of the mess. Second thing is everybody's welcome. I want, a, I want a church where we're not afraid of the mess because Jesus wasn't afraid of the mess. I want a church where everyone is welcome because you see that here in Matthew, that everyone, everyone was welcome. When those guys stood up and said, why does he eat with such scum? Here's what I love. Jesus gets up. Like he's having a meal, we're chilling, and all of a sudden you start talking about these guys, and then Jesus gets up and he gets in their face. That's who Jesus is. He, he says, okay, when Jesus heard this, he's like, I'm not going to let that one slide. <laughs> like, we're going to talk about this, because these guys think they have it all together. Healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. Then he added, now go and learn the meaning of this scripture. Now, wait a minute, just pause. If you're a Bible nerd, you know that these guys already knew the scripture. Like Jesus is like punching them in the gut. I know you know all the scriptures. You know it. But do you know it? All right. He, go and learn the meaning of the scripture. I want you to show mercy, not offer sacrifices. Like in Los Alamos. Like, come on now. We know what we're talking about, but we know people who don't know <laughs> what they're talking about. We know people who can uh, read a textbook, 
but they can't necessarily read a room, or they can write a dissertation, but they can't discern everything that's going. Let me just break it down plain. We have engineers who can engineer a washing machine, but they don't know how to run it. <laughs> come on now, come on. No, no, you guys are leaving me hanging here. You guys are just trying not to point at people. I see how that is. These guys knew the stuff, but they didn't know it. And Jesus is saying, man, you're totally screwing up here. Everybody's welcome. Of course, they didn't like this, but Jesus is also saying, this is a place, I want a place, a church, where everyone can be real. How many of you, show of hands, know somebody who can be a hypocrite? Who, you know someone who can be a Do not point. Do not point. You guys got to resist that. That's not nice, all right? Now, Jesus, he's, he's got pointers. He got fingers pointed at the religious people here. Because he goes on, he says, I have not come to call those who think they are righteous. Someone who thinks they have it all together, but those who know they are sinners. I want you to journey with us because I want a church that's not afraid of the mess in our lives. I want you to journey with us because I want a place where everybody is welcome. I want you to journey with us because I want a place where I can be real. I don't want to have to wear a mask. And I know when we come on here, we're honest, we're, we're all kind of, we got mask on in a sense. And it takes relationship, it takes community, it takes time, it takes taking steps together in order for that to come down. And I want a place where you and I can be real. He says, I want a place where they know that they're sinners. Where we know I got junk in my life and I need to work on it. And there he's sitting at a table with them. And I know for me, in some of the rawest moments of my life, work in, in building community with people, it's been at a table. And for you, it's, it's at a table where we can sit down eye to eye. And for the first time in my life, I can admit, you know what? <sighs> I'm depressed. I, I don't know what to do. I can, it's at the table where you can sit with someone and say, my marriage is crumbling. I need some help, and I don't know where to go. And I haven't had anyone. I've been stuffing it all in. It's at the table where you can say, I'm addicted. And this thing is just weighing on me, and I have nowhere to go, and I don't know what to do. It's at the table where you build community, where you can be real with somebody. And they may not solve the problem, but you're not alone. And you can work through those things together. It's at the table where I can say, I got, I got anxiety. I can drop the mask. You can drop the mask because God already knows. He already knows. He just wants you to be real. He already knows and he loves you. You couldn't be more loved than you are right now today. And he has a purpose and calling for you. We see that with Matthew. He knows what Matthew is doing. And he says, you're the one I want. I'm choosing you. And Matthew would be like, me? Me? Are you sure me? Because I don't know. Yes, you, Matthew. Fourth thing, I want a place where there's always hope. Jesus could have walked into that place where Matthew was, was sitting at the tax collector's booth or where, where Matthew was sitting down. Jesus could have walked in to Matthew and said, stop it. Stop what you're doing. Sinner, 
Can you believe, you know, just you think about all the things you think about with church people or whatever, you know, and Jesus could have walked in that room and laid them straight. You're wrong. But what did he say? Two words. Follow me. Follow me. Matthew, let's do this life together. Yeah, we got some things to change. But let's just take one step at a time. Follow me. I want to tell you, that's great news for you and I. That, that is great news of hope, that, that Jesus has grace for you and I, that there's enough mercy for you and I. I want, a, I want a church where there is always hope, no matter what the situation is, no matter how dead things look, no matter how dead the circumstances look, even if it's in the tomb. That's why we celebrate the resurrection, because no matter how dead things look, because Jesus conquered death, there's always hope. He's alive. I got a question for you. How, what is, what is, this is a receipt, but um, what is the, the most expensive date? What is the location of the most expensive date that you've ever been on in your life? And so if you got it, you just, just, just shout it out if you have one. Can you, can you think about it? Like, you went, on, you went on some dates, but you might have it like, oh, man, this one was really expensive. Where was it at? Was it Santa Fe, somewhere else? Wedding chapel? A wedding chapel. <laughs> I heard one over here. Was there one over here? Vernon's? Speakeasy? Okay. 10,000 ways. I heard someone I, I, um, a while back was like Sonic or something like that. I'm like, I'm going to have to help you out. Um, I don't, like for, for Rita and I, I remember it was in New York City. And uh, we were there uh, for the lab doing some training. And she got to travel to get, we got to travel together that week. And we went to the Rainbow Room, which is like on the 76th floor of uh, Rockefeller Center. If you've ever seen the movie uh, Sleepless in Seattle, they're, they're uh, eating dinner and she looks over and she sees the heart on the Empire State Building. It's, it's that one right there. Um, now, um, I, this is just me. I think it's maybe more because I'm a guy. I remember it um, because it was a beautiful place. And ladies, you might be like, oh, yeah, that, that expensive place. It was, it was so nice. It was so beautiful. Guys, we remember, like, we remember like we remember because it was like $250.13. Like we know to the penny. Uh, it was beautiful, but my gosh. <laughs> um, have you ever been uh, out on maybe like a double date or something like that? And you're there together with the other couple. And then the waiter puts the check uh, uh, or the bill right there. And you're, you don't know exactly what to do. And you're kind of doing that thing. And all of a sudden, the people across from you get T-Rex arms. <laughs> and they're kind of like, eh, eh, eh. You're like, OK. <laughs> uh, I thought we were going to go Dutch, but it doesn't look like that. Um, have you ever been when somebody took that bill and said, I got it? Like Reed and I, we've been, we've been so blessed and have had some meals where we've got to pay for other people. But we've been fortunate enough where someone takes a, a, a bill that I know is like a hefty check and they just said, hey, we got it. And we're like, what, really? And there's a little bit of fight, but then they're like, no, we got it. And then they pay for it. And you're like extremely grateful for that. 
Whatever the scenario is, whatever the, the bill is, you know what I've never seen in that situation? I've never seen the other couple go pay for the bill and then whoever, whoever didn't pay for the bill, whoever got blessed, right before they leave, you say, you know, you know what, can, they go back to the server and say, can I see that bill again? I know they paid for it, but I didn't pay for it. So here's, here's, here's the money, because I'm going to pay for this again. I've never seen anyone, after someone else paid for the meal, take the receipt and say, because I didn't pay for it, I'm gonna, I, I need to go pay for it again and we'll pay double. What I, want, what I want you to see in that is that in eternity, when we stand face to face with Jesus, we're sitting at the table with Jesus, there's going to be a lot of things on our bill that He has already paid for on the cross. But we are spinning our wheels and spinning our times here on this planet saying, I, got, I didn't pay for it. That, that thing, like, like that thing that you're not going to talk about here, like that thing that you're going to take to the grave, that thing, and you're like, I, I still got to somehow make it right with God. I still got to work it out. I still got to do enough good things to pay for it. And the good news of Jesus is he's already paid for it. Completely. This is the hope that we have with Jesus dying on the cross. That he paid for your sins and my sins once and for all. I came to call those who know they are sinners. So it's not a bad thing to know that you're a sinner when you know that it's already been paid for. You don't have to earn it. That's called grace. So when, Jesus, when you have a relationship with Jesus and you're thinking about that thing or those things or that spring break trip or your internet search history or if, I could, if we talk long enough, I would, I would hit your thing, right? You think about things. When he sees you, he doesn't see that. He sees Jesus paying the price on the cross and saying, that was the payment for everyone's sin for all time. You might, you might still have that wall up and say, ah, but not me. Mike, if you knew me, you would know that that's not for me. Funny that you're here at church today. That you're hearing a guy preach that that is exactly why Jesus came. And that is exactly why you are here today. A divine interruption. Matthew, the worst of the worst, the scum of his society. As Jesus was walking along, he saw Matthew. As Jesus was walking along, he saw you sitting at Freedom Church today. He said, come and follow me. I think about the thief on the cross in this season. The thief on the cross. 
He was mocking Jesus as he was on the cross, but then we find out by the end of that little episode in those hours or minutes that span, he, said, he recognized who Jesus was and he said, hey, when you enter into your kingdom, let me come. And Jesus looks at him and he says, today, 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 you will be with me in paradise. That, that guy had no chance to earn anything or do any good work. He was nailed to a cross in his final moments, in his final breath. And Jesus says, I see you and I love you. And today you will be with me in paradise. Some of you, I know your walls are up and I know you're skeptical because grace doesn't add up. It doesn't make sense. Like you should have to work for it and you should have to earn it. And maybe that's what you thought about religion or you thought about Christianity. But this is the truth about Jesus. He sees the mess. He knows it. He loves you. And he says, I'm trying to tell you, you don't have to earn it with me anymore. You don't have to be good enough. That's the cultural norm for, for our society. How do you make it into heaven? The cultural norm out there, if I were to just take a straw poll, most people would say, just be good enough. I'm not a murderer. I'm not Putin. Oh, hey, we had a good time. We had some laughs. We had a great time. We tell some stories. And I'm going to say something that's a little bit blunt, but I just, good enough God sucks. If you're trying to make it into heaven or be right with God by just being good enough, that stinks. Because what's the scoreboard on that? How good is good enough? What gets you in? 10%? 90% gets you in? And has anybody seen their scoreboard lately on where they're at? Jesus just levels the playing field. He just says, listen, none of y'all. None of y'all are good enough. But that's okay, because I love you, and I'm going to do the one and only thing that you could never do. I'll die on the cross. I'll rise from the dead. I'll make it all right. And all you got to do is just receive the gift. You don't have to earn it. So stop trying to be good enough, because you can't. Just have a relationship with me, guys. I desire mercy, not sacrifice and rules. It's just a gift that you receive. Do you know what Buddha said, his last words? Because this isn't, this isn't a, oh, well, any religion will get me there. Look what Buddha said. These are his final words. All component things in this world are changeable. They're not lasting. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Work hard to gain your own salvation. Boil down any other world religion. Grace is not in there. It's works. You got to work to earn it. Jesus comes along. You want to know what Jesus' last words were? It is finished. The work's been done. No more work. Grace. Receive it. Offered to everybody. And we see Matthew receiving. That's the hope I wanted to share with you today. Because the last thing I want in this church, not the last thing that I want, it's like the first thing I want, but it's the last point of today's message. (laughs) I want people to meet Jesus. I want a place where people meet. When you meet Jesus, this is what you get. 
imperfect people. We will screw it up. Like if you journey with us, at some point you will get mad at me. I'll get mad at you. But God will never disappoint us. He's always with us. He's always there for us, journeying alongside us. And when you meet Jesus, people's lives change. Matthew started that day as a tax collector, striving, desperate, no hope. And he ended that day following Jesus, a divine interruption in his life that gave him joy, peace, hope, purpose, meaning, salvation, like things that we can all get excited for that we can never earn for ourselves. Was his life full of peace? No. All of these guys, it was chaotic. It was hard. They ended up dying for this belief. Executed brutally. Their circumstances weren't peaceful. But they knew that they knew that they knew it wasn't a myth. They saw it with their eyes. This guy healed people. Who is this Jesus guy? They saw him heal people. They saw him, what he teached about life and how it was upside down from the society. And it's upside down from our society too. They saw him brutally executed on a cross and then they saw him alive again. And when they saw that, that's what Christianity is based off of. It didn't get started until there was an empty tomb. And when they saw that, go and tell. Tell everyone that you know. Tell everyone that you know. Tell everyone that you know. And it started with those women. Tell everyone that you know. The Marys went out and they said, hey, we got to tell you Jesus is alive. We got to tell you Jesus is alive. We got to tell you that Jesus is alive. And that's the message today. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. You don't have to learn it. The hope, you always have hope. You always have hope. You always have hope. So I'm going to end with the question that I started. Why are you here? You're like, oh, I came here because, no, you came here because God was seeking you. A divine interruption today. He was drawing you in to let you know you've been striving. You're overwhelmed and tired. Whatever it is you're searching for, the success, the money, the career, the family, you're going to always keep reaching and it's always going to come up empty and he's saying it was always meant to be that way because the one thing you're missing the one thing that was meant to fill it all was Jesus it will never satisfy doesn't mean things will be perfect it doesn't mean things will be easy but with Jesus it will always be better and that's what I want for you today so can we stand today as we close out I want to have a time of commitment a time of response I don't know what God's speaking to you today my prayer is that he's been speaking to you. Follow me. Follow me. Don't follow rules. Jesus isn't about religion, as he told those guys. He's about relationship, friendship. He offers forgiveness, purpose, salvation, a place where you can be real. And maybe right now might be that time where you are going to be real for the first time because he's speaking to you and calling to you. You feel, you feel that kind of, what is that? That's God speaking to you. That's His love. That's His grace. That's His mercy. Thank you again for taking the time to listen to the podcast this week. I hope you felt inspired. 
to take your next step of faith with Jesus. Just a couple next steps that you can take coming out of this. One, rate and review the podcast. That really does get the message out to other people faster, as well as click subscribe to make sure you get the latest content as it rolls out each week. And finally, if you want to partner with us financially, head on over to our website, click the word give. That's going to get the message out through our ministries further and faster. Have a wonderful week. God bless.